How you doing, folks? It's your friend Luke, the Strip Club DJ, with a very special 40th episode of your favorite podcast, One to Review. We're coming live from the Banker's Dozen in Salt Lake City, Utah. Very nice restaurant. I'm here with my buddy Alex. Hi. How's it going, everyone? Thanks for joining us. And Brandon. So glad I can be sitting at this table with you, gentlemen. Great to see you, Brandon. Uh, One to Review is a little podcast where we rate and review movies in the simplest way possible. One point, if we didn't like it, two points, I'm sorry guys, yeah, maybe just, um, I'm doing an intro, just kind of swing back a little bit, back to the table. Uh, Two points if we did like the movie, and we rate and review movies until we get to 20 points, and we call it a day. All right, kick the intro. Ladies and gentlemen, you're here to hear us review movies, and that's what we're going to start doing right now. The first film that we saw this week was a film called The Man Without a Mouth. This is a 2017 film directed by Dorothy Campbell. It stars uh, Randy Glenn and Lucy Stein. Uh, The plot synopsis is David Smith is accused of murder and put on trial. There's only one thing. He doesn't have a mouth. Uh, So this is an interesting film. Did you guys have any thoughts about uh, Man Without a Mouth? Yeah. yeah. First of all, Alex, you can stop talking like you don't have a mouth either. I grease the waiter. I grease the staff. We can be in as loud, as drunk, and as obnoxious as we want to for the rest of the show. There is nice. hardly they've been, anybody. They've been paid off. Yeah. Yeah. And to be fair, the restaurant is not as popping as I thought it would be. Salt Lake City is actually not as popping as I thought it would be in you think that the the spring the early spring season sort of the late winter season when you think it'd be uh it'd be slamming but it's really not right now it's a little too hot to ski it's a little too cold to um, enjoy the outdoors right but well anyway a man without a mouth we'll get we'll talk more about Salt Lake City later on right yeah man without a mouth I don't know this movie was uh courtroom drama slash thriller about a man wrongly or rightly accused of murder we don't really know because it's hard to know when someone doesn't have a mouth great use of practical effects none of this uh, of course was cgi this was all real makeup which you know in turn had its consequences which we'll find out later on uh the movie itself however yeah as you said a thriller not terribly thrilling i would say middle of your seat type of action but the courtroom drama, that was heated. The courtroom, yeah, the courtroom does get fired up. Fingers it's really pointed. Fingers pointed. Back and forth. Spit flying Spit. from everyone except for maybe the defendant. Eat dark and glances. D- yeah. Yeah, lots of dark glances, lots of violin sweeps when it comes to the music. And uh, just to very tense courtroom environment that leaves a lot to the imagination a lot um well i mean we're skirting around it right guys because we all know what happened to the actor after he he shot this movie and probably one of the most interesting things about this movie is that the actor actually did lose his mouth because of the practical effects that were used right he did get an infection and they had to remove his mouth Sad story. 
you know, some may say ironic. I, I don't know if I'll go that far because it's it's not, really. It is ironic, but we don't need to go that far to say it because it's a real guy. It's kind of implied, am I right? And that's even more ironic if you don't say it, I think. Yeah, that's painfully ironic if you don't say it. Um, um, yeah. Alex. Yeah, so Alex, I just you- don't have much to say about this film. Um, what about the controversy after the film? How, you know, life imitated art. Art imitated yeah, life. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess I guess for me this I didn't I didn't this film just washed over me and I didn't I didn't understand any of it. I don't know why. I mean, I didn't understand I didn't know why the guy didn't have a mouth. I don't they never put that in there really. That was just kind of a thing that you were supposed to accept. Born without and, a mouth. And yeah, I didn't I didn't understand why this movie existed. I mean, you do have to accept it to move on and continue watching the rest of the movie that he doesn't have a mouth. Sure. It's a, it's a leap. It's a leap that is asked of the the user, but ultimately you got to make that leap. I don't I don't understand I don't understand this movie at all. I don't It was like they just invented a a a complicated thing. Like, this guy doesn't have a mouth, but then his lawyer just does most of the work. There is no point. I mean, most of the time in a, in a court trial, the person, the defendant, doesn't speak. Well, I'll tell you what, you Alex. Know? Why don't you wait for the, you know, movie that comes out five years from now about the real story that happened after the fact. Maybe that'll help you understand. Sure. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I would watch a documentary about an actor who lost his mouth because he did a film about a character that didn't have a mouth. Well, you know? I'm sure you'll get it soon enough because this is a hot story. <sighs> yeah, I mean, now in, in high, even saying it like that, I'm like, well, that makes more sense that you would almost make this film to make a documentary about that or whatever. You know, that makes... Uh, I'd be I, careful, Alex. They're, they might call you into the courtroom and ask for... For your professional opinion on this, when when the filmmakers get accused of of purposefully taking away their their lead's mouth, I mean, did you guys understand any of the court scenes? Uh, it felt like all of that. It was such jargon. There was no, so much lawyer jargon. It. Yeah, nobody it just understood wa- it. It washed nobody over me. The, I felt it. Well, though. because everyone was so confused, everyone's so tense and confused about why he didn't have a mouth. The judge was trying to figure out how do I even try this case? This guy does not have. You a try mouth. it normal, like you try it like a person that can't speak, a mute person. I'm sure that's but, happened before. There's, there's nothing about this. The guy could write. He wrote. He wrote everything down. He can speak. He can communicate. Right. There is no reason for this guy to not have a mouth. I mean, touche. And how did he eat? Touche. He. They he, never. Soft the mouth. only thing he uh, we. The only thing we ever saw saw him write down was "I don't have a mouth." This movie is something that was pretty apparent. So weird and stupid. By looking at him. Yeah. Ah, uh, this movie. I have no well, fucking clue why. The, I'm sorry to cuss in the restaurant. It's okay. It's okay, dude. You know what? And for our users, and I'm sorry, guys, that you're hearing this. I th- I think we actually kind of got bamboozled because there. Are, looks like they're actually bringing in a construction crew as we speak and they're putting up some little partitions and doing some construction work well let's give this movie some numbers because i don't know 
Why not? Yes, please, please. We've talked about this movie way too much. Uh, the, the Man Without a Mouth gets one point for being stupid. Well, I don't know. Maybe Alex is just hungry. I don't know why he's so fussy about this movie. Um, it was solid. The premise is interesting and new. And um, it's a solid... No, it's not. It's a pretty bad movie. One point. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you guys with this one. This is a one-point movie. Maybe, like I suggested, Alex, wait, because I have a strong feeling there will be a documentary about the real story after the movie came out. Because that is more fat. Jesus, this this is going to get in my food. Yeah. What is wood chips? Hey, guys, come on. Guys! Guys, calm it down. No, they're not going to stop. All right, well, one point for me. Yeah. Let's enjoy this meal, guys. We are here for a reason, right? Yeah, we're here for a reason, guys. How many points total? Let's. You know what we can do is we can drink through this. That's how we're gonna make it through this meal. That's three points. I mean, we could edit it out, but it's live. We are live this week. We are gotta coming roll to you it. from the Bankers Dozen in Salt Lake. We all got together. This is a huge day for us. This is our fortieth episode. We did our terrible twos. We did our dirty thirties. Here we are at our fancy forties. This supposedly is one of the fanciest restaurants in Salt Lake City. Maybe it's because it's a Monday, but they do have construction going on, so that is not great. It's not fancy right now, I'll tell you that much. It's it's interesting how the empty spaces in a fa- in a fancy restaurant, especially the empty ones that are missing a construction crew, really make for that experience. But like I said, guys, we'll just drink through this. Each week on One to Review, we add up our points until we get to 20, and then we call it a day. And each week, we have a different way of keeping track of those points. This week is no different. This week, uh, because it's our 40th, we're going to be sharing 20 memories that we hold dearly from our 40 episodes together, things that we enjoyed that we want to reminisce about momentarily. So for me, I'd, I'd first like to talk about our uh, our big 3v3 basketball tournament. We did a basketball tournament here in LA, and we did uh, not so bad. I mean, we didn't win at all, but we did better than we thought. We won two games, and we lost uh, four games. Making yeah, it to the court was half the battle for me. Absolutely. So that was a fun Seriously. memory I have. Seriously, those LA ballers. Here's... Here's the big takeaway for me, is we didn't get embarrassed. No. We kept our heads held high, and I saw a lot of white teams get embarrassed out there. Yeah. So that's my memory. That's a great memory. My favorite memory was uh, memory was the Arby's guy. You guys remember the Arby's guy? Oh, God. I can't believe you invited <laughs> him in, and he stayed. It was insane. Yeah, we had an Arby's guy deliver some sandwiches to us, and uh, we hung out with him for like two hours. And he made for some of the best interview content One Two Reviews ever done. So go back listen to that episode. Very interesting guy, insane life he's led. Yeah. Brandon, you got a memory? My favorite memory from the past forty episodes, I would say, was early on when we were doing this. We were pretty young, but you guys taught me how to eat a salad. It was my first salad. Never. Oh my god, that was so adorable. Yeah, I never experienced. My tummy just got kind of bloated, and it was new. Yeah. It was cute. Just watching a guy put lettuce in his mouth for the first time—it is 
a trip. I still have that picture up on the fridge of when we told Brandon to smile after the stuff. Oh, let's throw that up on the website. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, great. Those are three wonderful memories, guys. And we're going to share a lot more memories, 17 more to be specific. Uh, but for right now, I think it's time that we kick to a sponsor while we maybe order our food. Yeah, I'd like to get some appetizers. What are you guys feeling? I want these garlic nails. They look good. Uh, I want some of the dunkers. Well, let's split a side of dunkers, get the garlic nails, and you wanted some of that Subway is bringing the fire with its fastest sandwich yet. Go from zero to delicious with the Hamburghini Diablo. Five layers of liquid fire ham on top of our limited edition aerodynamic Italian bread. Customize your footlong with veggies and our brand new 12 horseradish power Diablo sauce. $8.99 in any combo. Use promo code REVIEW on our mobile app and get a free bag of tinted window chips with every order. Subway, eat fresh. Forty episodes, gentlemen. This has been incredible. Yeah, the bread is delicious. You're right. I've had two pieces. I can't get over the construction, though, right here. It's insane. Boy, they're really going to town, too. I mean, they could have, like, an easier approach to it, nice and easy, just putting up a a wall with a couple guys, but they've got a four-man crew here just fucking going at it. Why wouldn't they do this work? On the off hours. I don't know. We could go next door, but this place was highly recommended. It's cool. It's in an old bank, but they're just... I mean, try this bread again. It's worth it. I mean, it's not worth it for our audience, but for us, the food makes this place... Yeah, hopefully the appetizers get here quickly, and then we can make a judgment call if we stay for the main course if we go elsewhere, right? I'm happy with this bread. You know what they say. You know what they say. It's all about the... It's all about the appetizers, not about the atmosphere. That's what they say. Yeah, let's hope so. Uh, all right. Well, let's review this next movie. Yeah? Absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> this movie's called Hidden Eyes. Did you guys have a chance to see it? Yeah, yeah, this was yeah. I mean, it's actually Eyes called Hidden Eyes Margot's, Margot's birthday. birthday. Yeah, Jinx. Yeah. Yeah, well, Jinx. Don't forget that one. Yeah, there is, a, there is a sub <laughs> subtitle to the, the, the name. Which and, is exciting because um, that implies there's going to be a more Hidden Eyes movies, which I am definitely looking forward to. But. Enough about that. Let's talk about this film. Luke, sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. Well, um, like Alex hinted at, this movie features more than 13,000 hidden eyeballs in throughout the movie. And at a certain point, it becomes the movie itself. It starts out as sort of a distraction, but then you sort of lose the plot, you lose the characters, and you're really just trying to... Find the eyeballs. Keep your eye on these eyes. Find the eyeball. No, this was fun. Yeah. I enjoyed hidden picture, hidden eye things when I was a kid, so a whole movie of this was very exciting to me, and I got pretty good at spotting eyes at the end. Did you guys bring the checklist that I printed out for you? 
in the theater? Uh, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, so that was the coolest thing for me. So, so yeah, just to really make this film clear to people. So it's it's a movie. It's a full hour and a half kind of movie with, you know, Neil Patrick Harris is in it, James King, Lawrence Fishburne, Scott O'Neill, all these people in it, wonderful actors, wonderful characters. There's a plot and everything about uh, this young girl, Margot, and her birthday party. But as this plot's unfolding, yeah, there's all kinds of, you know, hidden in the woodwork or in the back or in the closet or on uh, the coat, the buttons of a coat. Anywhere, Things are replaced everywhere. with eyeballs. Yeah, everywhere. all over the place. And you're looking at seriously 13,000. They're everywhere, jam-packed in this film. So that's one thing that bothered me a little bit is the actual goal of the 13,000 eyeballs, I think, is impossible for someone to actually catch them all and, like, checklist every one of them. It's too many. So for me, that was... That was like a big, that's the hook of the film, kind of. But what was fun is the, yeah, the checklist that Brandon printed out is this alternate one that has, it's like the Where's Waldo one. So there was like the red chair in it or um, a furry beanie and different things like that that yeah. you were able to look for. And so that became super fun to me is finding those more specific objects. Uh, I had yeah. a blast watching this film. Yeah, like Alex mentioned, it just stops being a movie and becomes more of a fun game. And I think that's what, that's what moviegoers need. They need a little more of that. They don't need such serious ideas on the silver screen. Every now and then they just need to go and have a little fun. Let's talk a little bit about movies. the plot. Um, because it was fun. It was Margot's birthday. She's a eight-year-old girl. She lives played with both of her Neil parents. Patrick Harris. Yeah. Real quick, I think that's important to say is that Neil Patrick Harris is playing an eight-year-old girl. And he yes. does great. He does great. Absolutely. But yeah, yeah, um, normal family, great birthday party. It is just a lot of fun. Little yeah, girls. and again, that's, that's it. Yeah. That's the plot. Is it's a nice, it's a nice little girl's birthday party. Um, Except great. somebody it's steals fun. the cake. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, there's a little bit of stuff in there. Lawrence Fishburne steals a cake, but I think it was a cake. I think it might have been an ice cream cake. And I will oh, say, yeah, nice I will say, I found fascinating when you start realizing the eyeballs extend beyond the screen. Uh, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but on your ticket, they do have a little eyeball on them, and supposedly on some of the popcorn and sodas and ice cubes, they, there were eyes as well. So, dude, we sorry, go ahead. That was actually just a guy swinging a hammer. Yeah, you talking to the hammer guy? Yeah, yeah, I want him to finish that nail. Uh, no, I was going to say, uh, man, we live in L.A., and so there were eyeballs everywhere. They did a crazy viral marketing for this film. Uh, everywhere I went, you could you would find an eyeball under a trash can on the subway here in L.A. Like, everywhere they had them um, all over. And so that was super fun, too. Like, what a fun to add that. For, for a piece of art to branch out and to, to make this game available to me in my day-to-day -day was really fun. Like, what an engaging film. You know, this I found film that... just had me active for like a week and a half. I, uh, I found that aspect to be sort of paranoia-inducing because sure. um, I know the filmmakers, they released a mixed news on whether or not they actually executed a viral marketing campaign in L.A. Mm -hmm. A lot of people say it's just your eyes looking for eyes and finding that pattern in everything. And um, the the company themselves have also said they did not create that campaign. So Banksy. I don't really know sure. what to Some believe. Do I believe it was in my eyeballs? Wasn't Banksy? Yeah, I think it's both kind of because I found a couple in my room that like for sure no one put eyeballs in my room. I, I'm pretty sure I'm like 
seeing eyeballs in my table. Like right now, I'm looking at this eyeball on my table, and in it looks exactly like one from the film. But I'm sure it's just yeah. the wood. Um, but yeah, you're right. That definitely is a little paranoia-inducing. That I'm like, oh, did they come in here and like alter my table when I was asleep? Which you know, of course not. They Maybe. altered your perception of it. Which is definitely that's for sure. So I mean, what a what a cool again. I was so engaged in this film. I did lose track of the plot somewhat. I I did lose track of the performances though. You know, I was still engaged with the performances. But it was funny to have those wonderful actors try to pull my eye away from looking for eyeballs. It was a neat struggle that they were having, and I could tell that the actors enjoyed that too. That they knew they were in a film that was not taking their work to the forefront, you know, that they were, they knew that they were almost background actors in, in this game that we were playing. And I, I thought that was cool. Yeah. yeah. I think it's important. Yeah. Cause I could see actors, you know, trying to really pull the focus away in an aggressive way, but it felt like they were offering you a choice. You can, you can watch our performance or you can do the eye game. Um, I don't know. I'm pretty excited yeah, to just watch like a YouTube recap of just like every eyeball highlighted you know oof i would love to see that yeah oh i bet that's that really be, cool ones that we missed that'd be a fun youtube yeah um all right you guys let's rate, rate this baby this? yeah cool uh two points for me for sure such a fun i love hidden pictures and to make a hidden moving picture pretty cool idea uh two points and thanks james king for directing this film i think also writing it yeah such a simple idea so well executed and it actually like Alex said, it does hold your attention beyond the film itself into the real world. So two points from me for um, Hidden Eyes, Margot's birthday. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Two points for me. I love when I have an excuse to be engaged with the film other than just it being a film. So for me, I love having a checklist handy when I see a movie. So definitely two points. Sorry, there's an airplane going over the restaurant. This is great. We got airplanes. We got construction. We haven't seen our food yet. My water has only been refilled once. What do you guys think about this bread, though? Should we review the Banker's Dozen? Not yet. I'm about to. Let's wait. I'm about to. Let's wait. wait. I still like this bread, guys. Try more. Because the thing that really gets me is that they told us to pipe down. They told us to calm down. And they knew this was happening today. Oh, well, anyway, I said the F word pretty loud. Yeah. Um, six points. Um, six points. Six memories. Six memories. Oh. Trying to remember, honestly. Um, I, I, Forty I have episodes a fond have gone memory. by fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a memory, a fond memory of us. When we found that pigeon, Luke and I found a pigeon outside our window. It had run into my window, and it was it had a broken wing, I think. You know, we held on to it for a couple weeks, and it eventually it died. But we we did so much work, and there was such a connection that the three of us shared. You know, I mean, you weren't here, Brandon, but over Skype, the support you gave us. and uh, I like to think I was there with him. I'll never forget that. Definitely, forget definitely. That. And we did our best, and just, just that connection we made with that pigeon was definitely real, and it felt good. Uh, I also like when we made that snowman. Uh, we made a snowman last winter. Uh, I guess it was, you know, a little before the podcast, but it was the podcast was still. We were it talking was, about it. Was it. There was to a seed in our brain, podcast, so yeah. I still count it. We built a snowman that was very tall. He was at least ten feet tall. It was a, the biggest snowman I've ever built. Uh, those are my two memories. Great memories. Well, for me, um, maybe not a great memory, but one that we all definitely have is when i got arrested for pooping at walmart i can't believe Don't we need were to recording. go into it yeah 
but uh, it happened. And our drunk dancing night, when we all decided that we didn't dance enough and it was time to sweat it out. To sweat it out. Yeah. God, good memories. I have a newfound love for so many songs that night, but man, Party in the USA now has such a new meaning to me. I liked uh, Jailbreak. Oh, yeah. I remember that. When you sang that karaoke. All right. Well, that's not one of my memories. Two of my favorite <laughs> memories here, I will say. That time that... Uh, do you guys remember that time Luke got lost in a Goodwill? We were all there looking for mugs, and we couldn't find Luke. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I don't think it was... That was the biggest Goodwill I've ever been in. We were in Marfa, Texas at a Goodwill. I was so scared, guys. It was super big. That was so the changing room you weren't scared. You were fine. is huge. It's, like, bigger than my apartment, so I don't blame you. Yeah. And it's filled with stuff. Right. And it's filled with great stuff that you still want to shop. Here's one that just happened last week, and... I'm kind of embarrassed. I hope you guys don't mind if I bring this up. But do you remember when we kind of thought we invented bread? Like mixed a bunch of ingredients together in a bowl. Jeez. And it started to rise. And then we were like, this is a cool consistent. Let's see. Let's put it in the oven. And then we had this like, yeah. food stuff came. We ate it. That was all just I can bread. Say, all I can say is I'm glad we figured out that it was bread. And we didn't have to have someone tell us what we were doing because i mean they, we will we'll bear our souls to the one to review users let them know that we're just human but man to just get that just have someone tell you off the streets i was ready to call the patent that's embarrassing office. so i'm glad i did i know we were all we were all very fired up very excited about what we had created it could have been our big ticket here we are in Salt Lake City. <laughs> it, it was it was a big ticket for somebody for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, guys, let's kick a sponsor. I see those appetizers are coming, so I'm hungry. Yum yum. Go from zero to delicious with our fastest sandwich yet: the flame boiled Maserati Hammer Party by Burger King. Oh yeah! Three high traction beef patty wheels race around a sleek Italian design of brioche bun. That's just the start. What? Keep your hands at 10 and 2 as you wrap your mouth around our heated lettuce leaves. Hug the curves as you savor four slices of Poseidon cheese and race to the finish with our spicy high-octane ketchup sauce. The new flame-boiled Maserati Hamburgati by Burger King. Now only $6.99. Hurry before it's gone. All right, guys, we saw a film called Nobody's Laughlin. It's a 2017 film directed by Jeffrey Ryberg. It's about uh, comedian Chuck Laughlin, and he holds the funny club hostage when he catches his girlfriend cheating with a member of the audience. Uh, like I said, this film came out in 2017. It's starring uh, Kevin Robinson as our comedian Chuck Laughlin and uh, Mary Moyes as his wife. And a tiny bit of a little teaser here, a little spoiler. Uh, I got to be an extra in this film. I was in the audience for the entire film, uh, which I can talk about a little more later. But did you guys have any thoughts on Nobody's Laughlin? I love this movie. This movie was Oscar material. I thought it was some of the best performance, especially in the extras. Well, thank you very much. Um, 
yeah, weirdly, this film, when you hear the text, it sounds like something that is easily passed by. If you did not realize that Kevin Robinson and Mary Moyes and Jeffrey Ryberg, not only the director, but the writer, are incredible at their jobs. Uh, and they're able to bring this script uh, to life in ways that you wouldn't expect, I think, from a story like this. No, not at all. Um, once again, the extra work was incredible. And like you're saying, Alex, the story work and writing is phenomenal to be able to craft jokes that actually do hold a club hostage that's next level joke writing because mm-hmm. you got it it's got to be funny but it's also got to be threatening enough to where people won't want to get up and leave yeah so so basically yeah to, to explain that a little more he's not holding the club up with a gun or anything like that he just he catches his girlfriend cheating in the audience he sees it and and then he he says nobody's leaving until we figure this out. They start hashing out their relationship. Anytime someone leaves, he kind of just sings them. He sings them so bad that they sit back down, and he's able to kind of keep everyone in there with his wit. Well, I mean, people first take their seat gladly, but then he starts singing people so bad that they get knocked down. They get thrown against yeah. the wall. Yeah. Again, it sounds so stupid, but this film makes it all work in a really believable way. It's all way. in the writing. And man, the way their... Re- it really is. The way their relationship plays out during this crazy, over-the-top kind of magic realism of this guy's jokes being that powerful. Um, yeah, the uncomfortable just the uncomfortable sexual touching and make-out scene that happens on stage as they're trying to like work out where they're at relationship-wise and the, the audience is like, man, we really want to cut out right now. But he's able to grab the mic and keep everybody in their seats with more joke telling with more threats and yeah and i gotta tell you again okay so so yeah i got to be an extra i applied to be an extra in this film i made it and well, i was there hey, and you didn't apply <clears throat> your mom applied it was a contest sure 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 sure. yeah 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 yeah. my mom uh, submitted me to a contest for the nobody's laughlin audience participation contest or whatever that came out i think that was the name of it something like that and yeah so thanks for my mom for she's really been supportive of my acting career trying to get me out that's there. your first paid and gig right absolutely and it's uh it was so cool to be on a movie set you know after reviewing so many movies and stuff to be there to see the lights and and this one was cool because i guess most extras you know you're there for a scene or two but this we were in the whole movie i was there for two weeks i got to be on set watching uh, kevin and mary work and and jeffrey as well oh my gosh and and so what I would say is similar to the plot of the film, I was captivated. I was captivated by their performances, and I didn't want to leave. You know, we did 12-hour days in that in that comedy club, and I still didn't want to leave because I still wanted to watch them act, yeah. you know, and watch them work their lines and watch the camera crews move around and That's stuff. That's exciting, right? They had to, like, chase me out every night. I mean, not literally, but pretty much. You know, I was always the last one there, like, oh, can I help with that? Can I pick that up? And they're like, get out of here. You're fine. You really did. So fun. You really did seem like you had Stockholm syndrome for a while there. I want to go back. I will do anything I can to get back on a film set. It was so fun. But, well, I mean, start entering more contests. That's, that's how that's you know. That's kind of a good I entry am, point. Everybody's auditioning. Everybody's like going to cattle calls. Start entering contests, man. That might be it. Auditioning is too scary to me. Too too intimidating. Yeah. So I you know blind yeah. like raffle style is way better. Definitely. So, yeah, I have thrown my hat in a couple more. My mom is, like, busting her ass uh, applying me for a lot more of these kind of contests. Yeah, I mean, they say, they say you never really know what they're looking for anyway. Maybe they're just randomly picking it. 
So did you get your did yeah. you get your There's... mom on that? Is huh. she still filling out those contests for you or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, she applied for one uh, J- uh, Jurassic World too, the new Jurassic Park movie. Yeah, they had a walk on reshoots. Thing, yeah. They're doing reshoots. Well, yeah, she applied for a walk on thing for me. Yeah. I am like so. Fingers crossed for that. I don't want to jinx it. I probably shouldn't have even talked about it. Dude, your mom is great well, for your career. She's crushing it, man. Love her. Love you. Love everybody. I would love to get these appetizers. I can't believe it's been this long. Yeah. I'm starting to think we're yeah, yeah. Hey, we're straight away from nobody's laughing. Let's let's review nobody's laughing real quick, and then we can yeah yeah get over to our food. So um, nobody's laughing for me is like a two. I mean, I can't. I am so biased on this film, but it is one of my favorite memories of my entire 33 years on this planet so far. I had so much fun, and I have a. Uh, ordered on Blu-ray. It's going to come as soon as it's available. I'm just stoked about this film. Please watch it. And and uh, I don't know. Look for me in it. Uh, I don't know. I think I do all right. So uh, two points. Yeah, guys. Two points. Rock solid writing. Rock solid extras. Everybody, get out <laughs> there. Uh, check this out. Thanks, guys. Yeah, 100. percent Two points from your boy Brandy over here. Go check out Alex, have yourself a good time, and really indulge in some eloquent acting. I will say yeah, this uh, review has been sponsored entirely by Nobody Sloughlin. <clears throat> you don't have to say that. It's... No, legally we do have to say that. They, they fund this entire episode. I'll tell you what we do legally have to do. We have to share some memories. Yep, that's six six memories. Six points. Um, do you guys remember when I got too much smoo? Yeah. You shouldn't be eating it. No. You can eat it. You can eat it. Turns out you can eat it. I know you can eat it, but you shouldn't. Yeah, but it's not like a medicine. It's like a treat, you know? You can't be yeah. taking it It's all more the of a treat. Yeah, yeah, medicine. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And do you guys remember Alex's treadmill? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Alex, do you, Alex, do you remember where you hung your your towel last time? Wasn't on a treadmill, was it? I don't know where I hung it. No. Well, you got a towel hook. You're gonna have some new memories with uh, towel hook. Huh. I guess I don't need a treadmill. That's true. Brandon. I. Yeah, tell Alex. I got a to couple good memories. memories. Well, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say I have a fond memory when we met that uh, elderly Chinese woman that lives down the street from Luke and I. That was a good time. She's super sweet. Not scary at uh, all. I don't know why she would be. Well, she's old. Yeah. And... I wasn't scared. I wasn't scared. No, no, I wasn't scared at all. Well, some of my memories, and uh, we'll get to my memories later. You guys were scared. Cool. Uh. And then uh, I, I had a blast. We spent a whole afternoon learning to walk backwards, and I thought that was super fun. Uh, we went out to a park and walked backwards for a bit. It was great. Uh, now we're pretty good. We can almost jog backwards. Close. That was my two favorite memories. Yeah, uh, for me, I got a couple. I got... Um, remember that time we had to uh, like deal with an abacus? It was like talking for a while. Now it just sits mm-hmm. in our closet. It was like a huge thing. What a mess. That was so weird. That was a lot. Doug Price. That was a lot of, of, of storyline in my life. Yeah. Yeah. Good times. 
Um, what else did we do? Okay, talking about that Chinese lady, one of my favorite memories is when we discovered she wasn't a witch, where she was just an old lady trying to keep her kids off of her property. She was dressing up like an old witch and scaring kids. It was kind of like a... This, that is all, that's all of you, man. She was, this never, I mean... There's an elderly Chinese woman that lives down our street. Brandon's never even met her or seen her. He's just heard us talk about her, and he created this whole story where you think she's... Yeah, I don't know why you guys are so scared of her. She's not that scary. No, I'm not. Brandon's made up a hole in his brain. He thinks there's a scary lady down our street. She's not that scary. She just kind of looks like a scary Well, let's just say that's why I live in New York. That's why I don't live with you guys. One of the reasons. Because of this lady we just met this year? Yeah. Maybe that's why you live in the uh, <clears throat> Sorry, I'm getting a little cranky. The food isn't coming, so. Yeah, I know. You know how this I get when I get. This is supposed to be our 40th. This is supposed to be our 40th, guys. Let's get some shots going. Shots, 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 shots. What do they have? Shot. I think all their aperitifs have uh, sawdust in them right now. Nice. No, that's actually a minus, Brendan. It's actually a negative. I could just go for some Uh-oh. fast food or something if this doesn't come out soon. I mean, whatever. You want to go All for right. some fast food? Okay. We're just—we came to Salt Lake City for this. I don't have like a ton of like unlimited vacation hours anymore. This is just you know. I feel I'm like hungry. I'm starting to get cranky. Yeah, I feel like if hey, let's not bring everyone down. Let's let's kick your okay. sponsor, and we'll figure this thing out. Hi, I'm the Arby's guy. I'm here reporting live from the scene of our newest master disaster release, the Meat Crash. We took those other guys' hamburginis and flame-broiled Maserati hamburgatis, or whatever, and we drove them head-on into the meat mountain and disastrous crash of liquid ham and flame-broiled disaster. We covered in our own red blood sauce. Don't call 911. Call Arby's. Okay, so... That sounds good, because we should probably just go get one of those meat crashes. I We haven't seen these garlic nails, and this construction is still going on. What do you guys say? Should we knock well, yeah, out one more just, movie yeah. and then leave? Yeah, let's yeah. just go to Arby's. I don't like Salt Lake City anymore. All right, guys, we saw Big Hummer. This is a documentary showing the process and challenges of breeding the world's biggest hummingbirds. This is a 1997 film directed by Leo Buzzard. I would say starring, but it's a documentary, so it more just uh, uh, follows uh, scientists Charles Richardson, Rhonda Phelps, and Rose Quinsada as they kind of work on their uh, experiments, and dare I say twisted experiments? Uh, this film is about, you know, sweet hummingbirds, and I, my brain was going in it thinking something, and, and I left feeling really uh, a little bit disturbed uh, and uncomfortable with this film. Did you guys have any thoughts about Big Hummer? Yeah. At first, you're right, absolutely right. I went in thinking, oh, this is going to be fascinating. Uh, this could be great. A hummingbird, like a pet, like a little cute dog 
or a little kitten that's actually just a hummingbird this is great no you don't want them as pets not only are they ferocious but their tiny hearts can't keep up with those giant bodies so this is terribly sad yeah i mean like yeah yeah okay so there's a couple things i mean when it comes to documentary you need to cover the challenging topics in the world right and for this it's it's a mixed bag right there's commerce involved there's screwing with science there's pushing scientific boundaries you know experimentation on animals all these ethical questions um, are brought up in this movie. Uh, for me, it was actually pretty interesting to see some of the effects of the experimentation. I mean, if you can set aside that ethical challenge of messing with nature, just a large hummingbird is really a crazy thing to see. I mean, it's super loud. It fills the room with a lot of air. It's kind of an intimidating bird because it's... It's mm-hmm. big, but it's also really aggressive and really fast. It's like a yeah, dinosaur. Yeah. It's like a giant dinosaur bug. It's pretty freaky thing. Okay, but am I am I right to say that Leo Buzzer, the director, he's he's definitely trying to present this thing in a positive light? Would you agree that it, this is like a documentary? In my yeah. brain, it was trying to say that this was all good, that this kind of breeding and these genetic experiments that they were doing on them were, was for some sort of good that the research at the end and, and these hummingbirds that only live a week and they seem sad and they don't, they're, they're just aberrations of nature, but it tried to paint it with a, a nice finish, right? Yeah. Would you guys agree? I mean, showing the aviary yeah. with just showing the aviary. And if you watch closely, I rewound and you could see the aviaries filled with all these beautiful little hummingbirds. And every three or four seconds, you can just see one drop from the sky and just hit the ground. And that's really sad. But, of course... But you could see them. Normally, if they were tiny hummingbirds, you couldn't even see them drop. Yeah, that's true. And you know what? The music really sort of changes the tone of that moment and the music's really upbeat sort of uh exactly lots of whimsical not whimsical but yeah upbeat music like kind of aerobic when they're showing music. when they were showing the god the mutations that was so unsettling and disturbing distressing like all of the adjectives for that they have this kind of section where they show all of the the mistakes they call them and some of these birds are really depressing, you know, with like really long legs or like human really arms. extra long necks. I mean, not quite human, but yeah, like like mammal arms. mammal wings, kind of mammaly. Oh my god, I felt so sick, and it was real. You know, this is from 1997. I was. For a second, I totally removed myself and was thinking that it was like a horror movie with like CG, but. Those were real animals, and I cannot believe that they did that for no reason. This this was for, I, mean, I guess for not no reason. This was all for money. This was some millionaire. Yeah. I forget even the guy's name. They talk about him in there that that kind of was funding all was this research because he wanted yeah. a big hummingbird. Well, as well to put oh, any kind of. It's definitely a dark chapter. It shouldn't have been yeah. well, presented in the way it was. Well, you can cheer up, Alex, because to put any kind of ethical unrest you might be experiencing, PETA has long stepped in on the big hummingbird movement and stopped any sort of efforts in genetic mutation on hummingbirds. 
Luckily, hummingbirds are back to normal where they are because here's the thing about hummingbird breeding. You really have to work hard about do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you really have to work hard at it to keep big hummingbirds breeding because they only have about two weeks yeah. to um, gestate and create a new hummingbird before they uh, drop dead. So mm-hmm. this is a old. This is old news, and you know what is positive of a light. Buzzard paints this movie. He brought it out to our attention and eventually caused a stop to it. So he did a good thing. By mistake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Like, that was not his intention to shut down this. I think, if anything, his film was trying to encourage more genetic testing. They had talked about doing this with other birds, too. They were going to make big falcons and all kinds of stuff. And, like, tiny falcons, uh, too. Yeah, I'm just. Tiny uh-huh, eagles. Uh-huh, all that stuff. They were they were just working on sizes with uh, birds and like it's just a slippery just slope. No need, you know. Like, first you start messing focus? with sizes, then you start messing with emotions, then you start messing with you know how many f- fingers you have, how many toes you have. So for me, it's just let's stop right now. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's a it's a wrong place to be focusing science. But, I mean, again, this is 1997, so this is almost, you know, this is over 20 years old. So, yeah. you know, I'm getting upset about something that has been remedied, uh, I think, more or less. But but who knows? Maybe there's stuff like this happening right now. In fact, I'm sure there is. Somewhere. Maybe in China, but not here in the States. Yay. Why are you picking on China? Okay, Russia and China. All right. Let's review this. Because we're at a restaurant. There's song going on here. very close to our food that we sure. haven't gotten yep. yet. We're headed this to Arby's. Insane. Cool. So uh, c- cinematically, I, I have to, or for history, i got to give this film a two. I think it is painful, gross, um, but important to watch. It definitely, yeah, it definitely affected me. Uh, two points for Big Hummer. Brandon? For me, I, I can't believe it i don't think it's true so for me i I have to give it one point i just i don't think it's real yeah i mean as shocking as it is it is real um but it's a thing of the past now i guess you could say it was real um definitely from a documentarian standpoint well-crafted movie uh nice original music so two points for me and um that's it, man. I enjoyed it enough to give it two points. Man, it's loud in here. Yeah, hey, we're just going to leave. Can we get a check? Can we get a check for the waters and the bread? This bread is so Bread is good. good. I wish I wish we could try more food here, but it doesn't look like it's happening. Well, guys, that's uh, five uh, more points. Five, five points. more memories. Five more points. Points. Um, I had a great time seeing Black Panther with you guys last week. That was great. I'm really glad we could meet up again and uh, see each other in person and see that. That was great. Um, I like when you guys helped me fix the hole in my shoe. I had a a hole in my shoe for a bit. Luke helped physically, and then Brandon kind of helped us, uh, guiding us through Wikipedia on how to fix a shoe while we were working on it. Because surprisingly, it was a four-hand job, so neither of us could manipulate the wiki while we were working. So thank you, Skype, for letting that happen. I'm glad I could be there for you guys. My my two memories that really stuck with me throughout this podcast. Remember, guys, when I refused to wipe my mouth? And you mm-hmm. made me for two days, two days. Um, 
that was intense. I mean, that's really still like looking back is the only way I can describe it. And uh, do you remember that land party we had? I love land parties. So many classic games. <laughs> I couldn't get my computer going the whole time. So I, I sort of missed out on the games part, but I was right there with you. No, it was, it was troubleshooting. Fun, but yeah, we still had fun. Well, I have one memory to share with you. I'm going to keep it concise. After the saw here. All right. Reno, 2014. Enough said. That's it. Oh, man. Thank you. That was life-changing. Yeah. Boys became men in 2014. Enough said. Right, Alex? Enough said. Hey, y'all. Let's get some Let's go to Arby's. Let's get out of here. Yeah. Is that 20 points? It's probably close, right? That's 20 close on the enough. nose. I'm done with it. I can't do this anymore. Amen, because for, 40th episode, we got to get some food in us. We're trying to celebrate here. <clears throat> Let's get going. All right, Alex. Cool. That's it. Outro. Outro. Cool. Thank you all so much for listening to One to Review, another excellent episode. We, of course, need to thank our buddy, Rab our Patreon donor. And if you want to become a Patreon donor as well, please go to one reviewcom There's a link in the upper right. Click on that. Go to Patreon. Throw us a buck a month. really helps us out. We appreciate it. Next week, we are going to be reviewing Bread to Debray, Constant Man, Putin's Our President, Pramp, Digital Underload, and Prince of the Castles. Thanks, Alex. Thanks, Drap. Thanks, Luke. Happy 40th, guys. Thanks, Mom. We'll see you next Thanks, time. Dad. I'm going to take some of this bread. Yeah, pocket the bread. It's the least we could do. This is getting ridiculous. Bye. Bye. Oh, guys, I wasn't recording at all.